Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Los Angeles. Welcome to Love It or Leave It Live or Else, coming at you what will surely be the coolest August for the rest of your lives. We've got a great show for you. Lunell is here with a fork and knife to eat the rich. An anti-hustle culture doctor, who may be Vinnie Thomas, has some words for President Biden. Crooked Zone Dr. Armani is dishing out advice, so start brainstorming problems you would like to share on a podcast. Plus the rant wheel. Let's get into it. What a week. In amazing news, Kansas voters overwhelmingly rejected a ballot measure that would have allowed lawmakers to ban abortion in the state. Next time I fly over you, Kansas, I'm going to give you a thumbs up. The ballot measure was shot down with a 59% to 41% margin, giving pro-choice Americans in other red states hopes that the reversal of Roe does not mean the loss of their reproductive rights as a bygone conclusion. That's like two weeks of good news in a row, all right? What is this feeling? Is this how Ben Shapiro feels all the time? <laughs> the vote also saw unexpected voting trends flip, with registered Democrats more likely to vote than registered Republicans, suggesting abortion rights is an energizing issue that will get pro-choice voters to the polls. It's all about kitchen table issues, like getting to decide how many people are at your kitchen table. <laughs> more Moreover, according to NBC News' Steve Kornacki in his khakis... At least 20% of Republican voters in Kansas oppose the measure. Trump is right. Republicans really are tired of winning. After the Kansas vote was in, conservatives immediately started scrambling to explain the results away. Molly Hemingway, editor-in-chief of The Federalist, claimed anti-abortion groups were merely outspent, asserting so much money was spent by hardcore abortion supporters. Campaign spending on both sides was actually about even. This is like when I eat two McDonald's meals and I tell myself I feel sluggish because it's hot out. Whatever gets you through the day, Molly. Over on Fox News, Dagan McDowell said the success of Kansas's pro-choice voters actually blows up the narrative that the Supreme Court is destroying our democracy, and in fact, they're saving it. When I poured lighter fluid all over your house and then set fire to it, was that an attempted murder, or was it a gift that made you realize how much you wanted to live? Over on Twitter, Eric Erickson suggested pro-life voters just read the ballot wrong. How many Kansans who were generally pro-life but not plugged in went to the polls, read the ballot language, and thought, shit, I don't want to let the legislature pass abortion laws. I'm pro-life. I like this explanation because the ballot measure was clearly designed to confuse pro-choice voters. It's Roadrunner painting a tunnel on a solid wall and then slamming straight into it. <laughs> On Wednesday, the White House physician reported that President Biden is still testing positive for COVID four days after the start of his rebound infection. Luckily, his actual rebound hasn't been affected. Seriously, his doctor said he did a light workout. Why is this guy healthier than me? I played Portal 2 on my Switch 
and I had to take like several naps. <laughs> Biden killed Ayman al-Zawahiri. <laughs> what the fuck? As of tonight, it looks like we may have a deal on this Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, it seems like they got Kirsten Sinem on board. She wanted to remove the carried interest loophole, which allows extremely wealthy hedge fund managers to pay the capital gains rate on what is very clearly income. Now, a lot of cynics probably feel pretty silly. People were sure she would sabotage the deal, but you were wrong. She's just making it worse on behalf of the wealthiest financiers in this country. Cinema also wants to add about $5 billion in drought resiliency funding to the deal, which sounds good until you realize he's just turning Arizona into one big vineyard. And only for Moscato? She stinks. <laughs> in other news, as of this week, election deniers have now won the GOP nomination for Secretary of State, Governor, or both in four swing states, Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Wish we could deny those elections. Eric Schmidt landed the GOP nomination for senator in Missouri, defeating disgraced former Governor Eric Greitens. Donald Trump finally announced his endorsement the day before, urging Missourians to vote for Eric, even though there were three Erics. Both leading Erics immediately claimed the endorsement for themselves. Look, I've had my disagreements with Donald Trump, but dropping an endorsement into a cage of three terrible Erics is pretty good. It's really one of the dumbest things we've ever seen that actually could happen in politics. He really did it on purpose. He said, I choose Eric. And they both said, he means me. And never his son. He never chooses Eric. Really good point. Thank you. Michigan Representative Peter Meyer, one of the 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Trump, lost his primary to Trump-endorsed candidate John Gibbs, who backed the big lie. Adam Kinzinger lambasted the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee for the disgusting decision to spend roughly half a million dollars on a pro-Gibbs ad, a calculated attempt to meddle in the hope of midterm success this fall. Fortunes favor the bold, baby. No pain, no gain. Got a boost of Gibbs to elect some libs. <laughs> <laughs> said Kinzinger, don't keep coming to me asking where are all the good Republicans that defend democracy and then take your donors money and spend half a million dollars promoting one of the worst election deniers that's out there. Look, he doesn't not have a point. <laughs> but come on, Adam isn't running for reelection because his vote to impeach Trump made him a pariah in a radicalized GOP. The DCCC didn't create that base. It's just waving a big red cape in front of it. Is that dangerous? Sure. Will we get gored? Maybe. <laughs> but they did move that seat from toss-up to lean down, you know? You know, you got to take some chances out there. What if we win Keep the House by one seat? Because we got this, uh, you know, principal person out of the way. <laughs> it's not our fault their base is monstrous. That's the whole thing. It's like, these people went to the polls and they voted for these fucking maniacs all across the country. And they didn't just do it in this one district where the DCCC ran it at. Everywhere you go, there's no greater moral failing on earth than winning a Republican primary in 2022. No sign of a more broken person. Just as a reminder, in addition to backing Trump's election fraud lie, John Gibbs has also promoted the deranged spirit cooking conspiracy, which alleges prominent Democrats cook bodily fluids such as blood, semen, and breast milk as part of a satanic ritual which is disgusting and wrong. It's a smoothie. <laughs> Tensions were high as Nancy Pelosi headed to Taiwan this week. Unfortunately, Taiwan was not the only questionable place the speaker visited over the course of the month. So now for a brief look back at Nancy Pelosi's other controversial trips. And this is very exciting. We have exclusive images of her global journey. It's an exclusive. 
<laughs> this is fun. I've never done it like this before. I haven't seen any of these yet, so let's take a look. Photo number one. Oh, no, it's Nancy Pelosi at the opening of Leah Michelle's Funny Girl. <laughs> sure, Leah's going to be great, but at what cost? Huge misstep, Nancy. The military's against it. <laughs> Where else did Nancy go? Oh, God, it's Nancy Pelosi at Kim Kardashian's infamous 40th COVID birthday. I didn't notice Nancy there before. I guess I'm glad she's masked up. I'm sure it was fun, but the optics, Nancy... Oh, look, it looks like she has one other destination. Let's see. Oh, no, Nancy, no. No. Going with Logan Paul on his offensive, ill-fated journey into Japan's haunted woods? The suicide forest? This seems horrible for Dems. How does she even know Logan Paul? And she's wearing pumps? Nancy, please. Ah, I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> That's it. Those are the photos of Nancy. Logan Paul, Kim Kardashian, and uh, Leah Michelle. We also put her on the grassy knoll when Kennedy was killed. And it felt like the wrong vibe. Like, I thought the tone of the first three were a little bit more like, you know, obviously the suicide forest thing was very dark, but it was all kind of in the pop culture rim. Not where Kennedy had his head shot off. It felt wrong. During his defamation trial, the lawyer for the parents of a Sandy Hook victim revealed in court that Alex Jones's attorney had accidentally emailed him a digital copy of every written digital communication Jones has sent for the last two years. News that shocked both... It's amazing. News that shocked both the InfoWars host and his counsel. Asked lawyer, do you know what perjury is? Is that when the lizard people are trans, responded Jones? <laughs> The judge also had to remind Alex Jones several times not to Alex Jones all over her courtroom. It seems absurd to instruct you again that you must tell the truth while you testify, yet here I am. You must tell the truth while you testify. This is not your show. You need to slow down and not take what you see as opportunities to further the message you're wanting to further and instead only answer the specific and exact question you have been asked there's something that, that happens when these kinds of right-wing figures when the gears of our justice system catches just a little bit of their shirt or just a little bit of their pants and starts pulling them in then those gears are going to keep going. You can't stop it with television. You can't stop it by talking to Sean Hannity. You can't stop it with a donor email. Once those gears get on your shit, you just get grinded, you know? And, you know, sometimes that's good. Uh, after receiving the context of Jones's whole phone, the lawyer for the Sandy Hook family wrote back, my assumption is that you did not intend to send this to us, to which Jones's lawyer replied, please disregard the link and I will work on resending. The family's lawyers did not. Jones's lawyers complained in a filing that the other side didn't disregard this. Needless to say, their motion was denied. Your Honor, I've slit my pants and revealed my whole ass. And opposing counsel refuses to avert their eyes. Opposing counsel is pointing and laughing, Your Honor. And finally, today Alex Jones was ordered to pay two Sandy Hook parents $4.1 million in compensatory damages. The jury will debate again on what additional award they might receive for punitive damages. And this is only the beginning, Alex. Turns out the frogs are gay. And get this, they're litigious. When we come back, sharpen those pitchforks. It's time to take on 
those high-flying, private jet-riding celebs. And we're back! This week, the internet caught fire after a UK-based marketing agency, Yard, released their analysis of data collected by the Twitter account CelebJets, which tracks celebrity private jet flights, revealing the worst defenders behind the hundreds of climate-crushing jaunts, some as short as 14 minutes, that A-listers have been racking up this year. And you know how I feel about it. Jealous. <laughs> I mean, enraged. Here to chat about it, it's the hilarious Lunell. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Did you, uh, are you following this, uh, this private jet scandal? No. What's going on? <laughs> I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but the celebrities, they're at it again. What are they doing? They're flying private on their jets, and sometimes the flights are really short, and they could have just taken a car. They're barely flying across the map. And $30,000 a flight. At least, plus the climate, you know. So what's the problem? It's... People don't like it. Haters don't like it. Yeah, haters, that's isn't, right. They isn't, hate it. isn't that the goal? To get off of Southwest and get onto a jet? <laughs> Obviously. I mean, people aren't mad because they're flying on private jets. They're mad because they're not flying on private jets. But people also have a kind of problem with the climate pollution. But you think it's probably just mostly because they're, you know, they're haters. I fly private. Must be nice. On other people's planes. Yeah, other people's planes. People, they lease these planes. I think Kylie Jenner does own her plane, though. And sometimes you can tell whose plane it is by the tail. They'll have the initials of the people on the tail. What else do you want to know? Would you personally have a private jet knowing how bad it would be for the environment? Yep. It was fucked up when I got here. What am I gonna do? It was fucked up when I got here. You know, it's time for a game we're calling. Where we're going, we don't need roads because we're flying private to skip like an hour of traffic. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. According to data collected by Twitter's Celeb Jets which tracks the aircraft of the rich and famous, which celebrity produces the most carbon dioxide private jet emissions? Mm. It's a musician. I mean, you're not going to give me a multiple choice? I'll give you one multiple choice. I'll do it right now, right? Okay. 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 Is it Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, or Taylor Swift? Bieber. It's Taylor. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. So Taylor's not so crystal clean after all, is she? <laughs> I guess not. Which celebrity couple sparked an internet backlash by posting an Instagram photo posing with his and hers private jets with the caption, you want to take mine or yours? I'll give you a hint. One of them is a Kardashian. It was Kylie and Travis. You bet it was. You got it. <laughs> You're doing great. Taylor Swift, the top offender in this year, so far accounts for how many times the annual emissions of a standard schmo. What? I don't know. That was a stupid question. It's a thousand times. Though we can't prove it. Who in our hearts and minds leaked the information that led to Taylor Swift being named the biggest private jet offender? Who snitched on her? Yeah. The fuck do I know? How the fuck do I know? If you don't give me multiple choice, 
The correct answer is Chris Jenner. Here's a theory. Chris Jenner leaked it because oh, she knows that. Theory. This is just a theory. We're just making it up. Because here's the thing. It's not a real quiz. Uh, it's, uh, it sort of is a real quiz. <laughs> it's not real answers. Because here's the thing. Okay. If Taylor Swift hadn't been in the number one spot, they would have been coming for Kylie, you know? It would have been coming for yeah, Kylie. Yeah. But hasn't John Travolta been flying a fucking whole 747 for like 40 years? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, didn't Elvis have a plane before him? And James Brown? And what about the people that died to make that song about the music stopping? They were on a private plane. The Big Bopper? La Bamba? Wow. You know? You went there. (laughs) But didn't they? That wasn't a commercial flight. Okay, but you put a whole, like, black cloud over what was really fun. (laughs) You want to talk about dead motherfuckers with planes? God damn. I do think you're right. It does seem as though every once in a while there's a kind of a news story that says John Travolta kissed a man on the cheek and then flew a 747 somewhere, you know? More importantly, is this your oh, beverage? You, this, yeah, this one's my... Would you like a beverage? Can well, we, I've been here and ain't nobody offered me a motherfucking Nobody offered thing. Lunella a beverage? No, they offered me some water. But this is clearly not... It's a Paloma. Can we fly out a beverage? So you want to bitch out? about private plane and you drinking some $7 motherfucking grapefruit and agave. This is very bougie. Do you live in West Hollywood? I've actually, I recently moved to the east side. Okay. So. It's coming, it's coming. Yeah. We have options for you. Can you open it for me? We have a, which one? And Mark. Yeah, I'll take the margarita. Thank you. And Claire, we can't have these See, kind of fuck-ups again. What, All right? <laughs> Black grandmothers used to have a saying that a closed mouth don't get fed. Meaning, if you don't speak up for what you want, you'll never get it. That goes from margaritas to anything in this town and in this business. We toast them. Yeah, I, yeah that's just right. Cheers. You just wanted okay, to cheers. You okay. got so... You got COVID. So, I'm over it. Monkeypox. It's probably. I probably don't have monkeypox. You might. I'm more likely to be pregnant. I swear to God. <laughs> Takes three weeks to pop out on your face. <laughs> now Drake recently faced backlash after his private jet logged a flight from Hamilton, Ontario, to Toronto. How long was that flight? Was it 14 minutes, 34 minutes, or 64 minutes? 34 minutes. It was 14 minutes. He took a 14 minute Watch what you say about Drake, though. He can do what the fuck he wants to do. (laughs) I'm trying to get at Drake. I'm trying to get at him. I will ride him for 14 minutes. How about that? How about that? How about them apples? What's up, Drake? Where's the camera? What's up, Drake? What's up, Drake? How long would that same ride have taken in the car? Uh, okay, wait a minute. It took 14 minutes? So it was an hour. It's four, no, it was an hour to go open, and that is 400 miles. It probably was uh, 100 miles. It, was, it would have taken one hour and 12 minutes. I think that's about right. I think that's about right. Drake tried to defend himself, claiming that he wasn't actually on the short flight. Was the plane A, delivering a donor kidney to a child in need, B, taking his son to preschool, or C, returning to the airplane garage where it lives? 
or D, performing an aerial search for Sasquatch? It was probably just going home to yeah, the garage. It was just going, it was an empty plane going to the garage. Yeah, I won again. Oh, shit. Final question. Okay, and then I have a question. What celebrity has the shortest average flight? Is it A, Travis Scott, B, Steven Spielberg, C, Oprah Winfrey, or D, Kelsey Grammer? Well, I don't think Oprah's flying from Santa Barbara. <laughs> now, let's get specific. Kelsey or Steven. It's Travis Scott. His average flight length was seven miles. He's taking really short flights. I think he just likes to fly. Well, he's so ugly, he should be on a private plane. I said it. I said it. Too ugly to fly commercial. That's right. Put it on his tombstone. (laughs) What did Warren Buffett name the Berkshire Hathaway private jet? Is it A, the Glacier Melter, B, the Indefensible, C, Mr. Zoom Zoom, or D, the two degrees of Celsius warming over pre-industrial levels? Okay, I cry racism. Why don't you ask some questions that black people know? We don't know no fucking shit like this. I barely know who no. fucking Warren Buffett the Nobody fuck is. Nobody knows this. Okay, so I don't know. I quit. <laughs> Look how belligerent I got after half a margarita. <laughs> Maybe I better top this baby on. You won the game. What do you want to talk about? You, you, you ask questions, whatever you want to do. My main question, remember, I had a question. That's what I want to know. Okay, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, do you this guys ha- do this weekly? Um, <laughs> is this going to be on the internet? T- I don't know. I just go where my publicist tells me to go, and I don't fucking know where I'm at, what I'm doing, what this is. I just saw a witch backstage. You got on a hat. It's fucking August. I don't get it. I don't understand. Typewriter, theater, what the fuck is going on? That was a few questions, actually. Okay. Um, so, first of all... I'm glad to be here, by the way. Thank you I, for you asking. Know, I do stand-up, so I love a, I love a live audience. We love and I started in theater, community theater, just like this. So this is... I feel like I'm doing Inside the Actors Theater. Hmm. When you get to heaven, what, what do you want uh, St. Peter to say? I wouldn't put my money on that one. <laughs> I came up through the 70s. I don't know if heaven... I don't know. We don't know. Uh, well, thank you for being here. Let me, let me... So this happens from time to time. You're not the first guest to not understand where they are or why they're here or what this where is. Where is this going? It actually, is this is it's gonna, cameras over there? There's some cameras, but it's... Where is this going to air at? It's, it's a podcast. Oh. So it's, it's a podcast. We also put clips on YouTube and social media. Okay. You guys going to tag me? Yeah, we'll tag you for sure. We'd love to tag you. We're huge. We I need a good tagging, too. We all do. As evidenced by my lack of monkeypox risk. shut my whole sex life down. And now the monkeypox, shit, I don't know what to do. Everything I do got a glove on it. You know the gas pump is nasty AF. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a Tesla. <laughs> so I don't, get, I don't get gas. I just see the prices go up, but it doesn't affect me. Oh, because your me. emissions and shit? No, I just... Is that I, what you're trying to floss that you don't have no emissions? I just don't. Well, I got a Mercedes Benz and a Lexus and a Subaru Forester, <laughs> and they all run on premium gas, and I worked hard for it, and I don't give a fuck, so... Um, well, back, back to your question. I, I don't want to be rude. I want to answer your question. So... 
This is a, a it's kind of a weekly podcast. We do this show weekly. every Thursday night, and then it comes out on Saturday mornings. Okay, and um, it's actually surprisingly popular. Uh, this is like some really cool like underground shit. Uh, I don't know. Did somebody ask for me, or how did I get here? <laughs> Well, uh-huh. that's a great question as well. Uh, so uh, we work with a, a this booking. This is really age. good, by it's, the way. It What's is the actually, and it's, it's 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 it is good. If you slam it like I did, it works really yeah, well. Yeah, it's it's you know they're Say, sabe. It's shaped like a can, but it's really as strong as wine. <laughs> so I assume what happened is um, where it just who, happened? Who got me, Kendra. Kendra, she wanted hey, you to Kendra. come. Kendra. Kendra wanted me. You thought I would be well suited for this? You were, Kendra you were grew right. up with you. She's a huge fan of yours. She's awesome. Thank you. Oh. Oh my God. I got a little emotional. I must be tipsy. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you want to know about what's happening? Is there any pay? I think like I think like a yeah, but nothing. Nothing. Obviously, nothing that will matter to you. Yeah, but I want it. You'll get it. We'll get it. We got it. We still pay guests, right? Yeah, we pay guests. We pay guests. We're, we're a serious operation. Cash, please. I like that dirty, nasty cash. Can somebody send Claire, the intern, to an ATM? Lunell <laughs> wants cash. She gets cash. <laughs> okay, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. So, like, can I come back? Of course you can come back. This has been an absolute delight. Lunell, you've won the game. Incredible. Thank you so much for being here. What a delight. Such a fan of yours. Thank you so much. Lunell, everybody. That was so much fun. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Hey, guys. Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. And we're back! Grappling with the rebound case of COVID, President Biden tested positive throughout the week, even as his physician said he continues to feel well and he did a light workout. In fact, while in isolation, the president remained apprised of the operation in order to kill an al-Qaeda leader. Here to discuss the state of the president's health, it's one of the president's physicians, Dr. Mark Mallow. (laughs) Welcome, Dr. Mallow. Here, why don't you come sit over here? Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Can you give us some news about the president? Let me start by correcting you, John. I'm no longer the president's physician because I'm here to announce that I have resigned. We have a scoop. This is a scoop. I could no longer be associated with a White House in which the president abuses his power in such a deadly way. I understand principled objections to the imperial presidency and the destruction of U.S. military interventionism. And yes, the authorization 
of military force Congress passed after 9-11 has been stretched beyond all meaning and should never have continued in perpetuity. But in this case, doctor, it was targeting an al-Qaeda leader who planned the 9-11 attacks. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know who al-Qaeda is, one of your homosexual friends. But that's not why I resigned. What? Then why? I find it disgraceful that the president ordered this drone strike while convalescing with a rebound case of COVID. He should be resting. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? This is hustle culture at its absolute worst. And I could not be in a participant in it. Oh, God, you're one of these people? Yes, I am asexual. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not, that's... (laughs) That's not what I meant, doctor. Look, obviously, I think it's very important that people isolate themselves when they have COVID, and no one should feel pressure to work through COVID, even if they're isolating. We should have a culture where people can take breaks and they can take care of themselves. And that's not just about culture, it's about policy. We should have paid medical leave. Exactly, John. And that's why President Biden, who I think we can all agree is normally very spry and absolutely shredded, (laughs) should not have been giving speeches and doing meetings and ordering drone strikes. Do you know how hard it is to do a drone strike? How hard is it? You got to press several buttons. (laughs) (laughs) But he's the president. It's different. Everyone gets that. That's what POTUS said when I prescribed a week of bed rest with no meetings, no briefings, nothing but recovery and Delaware-style chicken soup. What's (laughs) Delaware? What's Delaware-style chicken soup? Oh, it's just chicken soup with some vanilla soft serve on top. (laughs) He'll eat anything with soft serve on it. Absolutely anything. (laughs) Let's be serious here, Dr. Mallow. Stop it. The president can't be incommunicado for a week. He's the president. It's not a normal job. That would be dangerous. There's nothing more dangerous than the grind, John. You can read about it in my new book, There's Nothing More Dangerous Than the Grind. By Dr. Mark Mallow. Did the president listen to you? No. He's out doing a light workout, which for Biden means riding a penny-farthing bicycle with a nickel in his pocket for the mutoscope, which we installed on the South Lawn. And I think we all know what a mutoscope we is. We all know exactly what a mutoscope is. Yep. But when I heard he ordered that drone strike while ill on a Saturday, that was the last straw. If the president is working on a Saturday, that means a whole bunch of other people had to work, too. Not exactly a good boss, if you ask me, Jonathan. Sometimes we do shows on Saturday. Okay. <laughs> it actually, I'm editing this script, and it's almost 9 p.m. on a Wednesday night, and I'm going to send it to Hallie so she can send it to Vinny so he has it the night before. I see. It's like we have a bit of a hustler. The point is... I'm afraid the internet's melting people's brains. Everything isn't about everything. The president should be giving it 100% every day of his turn, and every president should be racked with guilt and worry over the stakes of their decisions, and they should age dramatically over the course of their time in office, and then they should be basically crawling out of the building when they're done. That's the price you pay for the egotism and arrogance it takes to think you should run the fucking country. Quiet. (laughs) You see? Yep. That attitude about work, that's why Travis quit. Okay, doctor. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Dr. Mallow, don't applaud that. That's quite enough. This isn't like a normal person feeling pressure to keep a marketing Zoom on the books even though they're exhausted from COVID or worrying about taking their full parental leave because of a snide comment from a boss without kids. This is the president. And by the way, I think people should be intentional about how hard they work at their jobs and no one should be forced to work under abusive or unsustainable conditions. But I do worry that this message of anti-hustle culture aimed at people pursuing jobs in competitive creative industries comes from the same people who capitalize on hustle culture itself. It's the same kind of trap, but instead of making you cry on the bus, it's telling you that giving up on caring about your work means you'll never cry on the bus. It's the flip side of the same coin, and it's just not true. Jesus Christ. 
A lot of words, John. A lot of words, John. It's easy for you to say. You did the grind and it worked out for you. I saw two kinds of sparkling water in that green room. Perrier and San Pellegrino. Would it kill you to buy American? But when you can work your heart out and feel like you won't get what your parents got, when you feel like you're not getting anywhere, what's the answer, John? Give me that. I don't know. But I can't believe it's telling people to give up or just do enough just not to be fired but not to get ahead or that trying hard is patriarchy, not because I think it's morally wrong to half-ass it at work. It's not. Believe me. I worked for John Favreau, and he'd tell you, I know how to half-ass it at work. You know what I mean? I just think it's bad advice. It's the kind of advice like a stranger gives a stranger on the internet, but not the kind of advice you'd give someone you love. Like, hustle culture is toxic. No one should have to sell weight loss shakes to school acquaintances on Facebook to pay for childcare. But I just think there's plenty of industries that do take advantage of people to be part of something creative. But, like, I don't know. I worry about it. Okay. But my weight loss shakes actually work, John. As outlined in my next book, My Weight Loss Shakes Actually Work, by Dr. Mark Mallow. There are no parasites. There are no parasites in Dr. Mallow's shakes. There are no parasites in your shakes. There are no parasites. The allegations aren't true. They've been disproven. They've been debunked. These These are haters on the internet. They shouldn't be listened to. The shakes are fine. It's just vitamins. It's just vitamins and minerals and vegan protein, right? Amen. It's vegan protein, chums and chocolate, vanilla, coconut. We get it from wax beans. They get it from wax beans. <laughs> anyway, the point is, I worry that telling people not to try it is just another way to make the next generation suffer for the failures of the generation that came before. The book comes with a free packet of powder, John. <laughs> I'd like to point that out. The book comes with free shake powder from the wax beans. From the wax beans, John. <laughs> That's neat. <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad Biden worked through COVID, and I'm glad I mostly rested through COVID, though I did a couple of Zooms and napped. Is that okay, doctor? Oh, and when your hair starts to fall out, John, what then? It's already falling out, Dr. Mallow, and it's not due to job stress. Oh, do you need a hair guy? Because the president's hair guy does beautiful work. I already have someone. I live in LA, Dr. Mallow. Dr. Mark Mallow, everybody. (laughs) Vinny Thomas, everybody. So great. We come back. It's time for some advice with Dr. Romani. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Hey, guys. Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. And we're back. This is going to be shocking to hear, but sometimes... Even I don't know the best thing to do. Thank God we have our next guest, who's just as a reminder, is going to help me tackle the advice you need. So get those personal crises popping off. Welcome to the stage, the host of the new Crooked Podcast, Amani State of Mind, Dr. Amani Walker. Hi, Dr. Amani. Thanks for being here. Hi, how are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. fine. You know, I'm okay. Two questions for you. First of all, I feel like this is a moment where a lot of people are feeling kind of overwhelmed by keeping up with the news. It's hard to tell when you're stressed out because you're following the news too much or that's just sort of what it means to be a person, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, what do you do? That's a great question. Um, so it no, it no, it <laughs> is because I actually went through this this year. So I I'm a psychiatrist, um, not a psychologist, and I freely tell people that I have depression and anxiety. I take Prozac. It's awesome. I love it. There was a period of time where I would read the news every day because I'm my parents were in the news. I always read the news, and it was just I liked reading the news, but it was so overwhelming. And I would just be so crushed. And since this pandemic, we all know it's been just, I can curse on this show, right? 100%. Okay, it's been fucking crazy. So I got to a point where when I would read the news, I would just be so down. And I would just be just like, oh my God, I can't take this. And I will say that reading the news kind of contributed a bit to my anxiety. Now that I'm on Prozac, I can read the news and I know where to put it. Like I can say, okay, this was terrible, but you know what? I have stuff I have to do today, so I'm going to go ahead and do that as opposed to just like ruminating and thinking and perseverating about like what I just read. So I would say that if you read the news and if it is contributing to your mood being low or contributing to any anxiety that you may experience during the day, then I would say that you might want to think about taking like a news break or a news diet, which is what I would do from time to time. All right. Are you ready to... Uh... Give some people advice. Hell yeah. Give some people the advice. Yes. All right. <laughs> Raise your hand if you have a question. Oh, I see a hand over there. It could be anything. It could be anything. It doesn't anything. even have to be like mental health related. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Hi, I'm Kai. Hi. 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 So um, I'm on a new antidepressant right now, which is actually really working for me. And I'm trying to figure out how not to feel guilty about feeling happy. Do you have any advice? Oh, that's a great question. Well, let me ask you this. Are there other people around you, like in your life, that you think are depressed? And is your feeling better? Like, is like, are you kind of doing like comparing yourself to other people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is going to sound, well, I guess a little bit selfish, but we've all heard like, oh, in the plane, you know, put your mask on first or whatever. Like, it's kind of like that. Whatever medication you're taking is that air mask. And not to say that, like, oh, well, you guys don't have air masks. Well, like, whatever, like, get out of my face. Um, But it's more so about, like, you have to take care of yourself first. And then you might actually be the inspiration or the beacon for the other people in your life to be like, yo, like, let me, you know, let me, like, go talk to somebody or let me, like, see about medication. I understand the guilt. Absolutely. But it's always better to make sure that you're doing better first and then you can kind of bring other people along with you. What's the uh, antidepressant? What's it called? I'm on Abilify. Abilify? That's been advertised on television. Abilify actually, in case anybody cares, Abilify actually isn't an antidepressant. Um, It is an antipsychotic medication, but it has been FDA approved for bipolar disorder. So if you have a history of a mood disorder like bipolar disorder, like you may cycle between depression. I don't know. I'm not trying to get into your business, but I'm just saying that um, Abilify is not an antidepressant, but it can work on certain mood disorders. Well, maybe one of the cool things about this example is that maybe none of those people that she's worried about feeling guilty exist. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, Do you think we have to cut that? I think we should leave it in. <laughs> I think we should leave it in. We're leaving it in. Okay. Pa- but we know it was wrong, and I saw you all cringe, but it's fine, because it was a joke about it, but not the joke. It's fine. Right? Uh, yes. You're a doctor. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else? We need, let's anybody else need some advice? That was great. Thank you for your question. Thank I, you. Thank, thank you. you. It could be about anything. Like, should you see a certain movie? Like, I know astrology stuff. Like anything. You got a hand in the front, Siggy. Oh wait, we shouldn't say your name because then it's like no, we it's should, fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She's a great vote saving America volunteer. Oh, Give it up for Siggy, everybody. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm here from abroad, kind of on vacation, sort of for a conference. And something that I've, you know, it's a conference, but I turn it into a vacation. It's fine. And something I've been kind of debating and that I need to make a decision on is whether I, when I get back and then have to do a family vacation, whether I kind of hustle and struggle through finishing my dissertation proposal for my PhD and take a financial bonus from my department for finishing it by the end of August, or if I just enjoy my fucking vacation and take the financial hit knowing that I have other means kind of later on because I like desperately have needed a vacation Mm -hmm. or if I you know it is feasible for me to finish the project like the proposal by the end of the summer but I think that it will be painful and so I'm kind of I don't know which way to go and maybe both of your sage wisdom will help me decide um do you honestly feel like you could get through a vacation and enjoy it knowing that you weren't working on your proposal such a good question Yes, oh, that's an eight plus no, ten out of ten question. It's a great question. I've been, you know, in different places in California. This okay, trip, boom. And do half, you, no, no, and no. half the time you, I've been like, think, oh my god, I should be working on this thing. I should be working on this thing. Do you think this is yes or no? Do you think you can get through your vacation and enjoy it without worrying about completing a dissertation? Yes or yes, no? Yes, yes or no? Yes. yes. I think that if I decide that that's what I'm going to do. That's what it's going to be. My supervisors are fine with it. No one is pressuring me except for me. And just knowing that I have this kind of financial incentive, it's basically leaving money on the table. Is it? But is the financial incentive? I think incentive, I would be okay with it. How fina- much money are we talking about? R- right. Let's is, give us a well, number. Wait, just say wait, the wait. number. No, should I not okay. ask that? No, well, what I was going to say is, <laughs> I guess I guess like the nicer version, mm-hmm. no no offense. No, none taken. Is is the financial incentive equivalent to the cost of your vacation? No, and I, Less or more? What are we talking about here? Okay, so Just listen, say a number. Listen, it's a it's <laughs> only it's a $1000. Oh. No, girl, no, no, girl. And, no. 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 And oh, no. and I took a research contract with a professor who basically already paid me the bonus so that I could work for her during the summer instead of doing my dissertation proposal. A thousand dollars, you can barely so fill up your gas tank in Joe Biden's America. All I say is yes. <laughs> yeah, no. You think vacation, I would, right? Yeah, go on vacation, Go on a thousand dollars. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, go on vacation. You, you know what? You just needed the permission. Yeah, I needed permission. Right. We go all agree vacation. Everybody agree? Yes. Great. The, the groan from the, the people <laughs> on $1,000. The world-weary fucking feeling of, of just how little $1,000 gets you. <laughs> All right, we got to leave, leave it there. That was so great. Uh, thank, thank you so you. much to Dr. Imani. Everybody, go subscribe to Imani State of Mind. It's an awesome podcast. 
where you can hear uh, lots of great conversations just like this. When we come back, it's time for the Rant Wheel. And we're back. Now it's time for the Rant Wheel. Here's how it works. We spin the... We spin the wheel wherever it lands. We rant about the topic. This week on the wheel, we have Nichelle Nichols dying. Watch it. Watch it. Rats in L.A. Carolyn Bryant Donham. Donham. Brittany Greer sentencing. Paul Mooney. Some other stuff. Let's spin the wheel. (laughs) It has landed on... Breakfast combo platters. Breakfast combo platters, which I believe was suggested by Vinny. It was. (laughs) Because I just moved out here in January, and if you go to a breakfast place and you ask for a waffle, they just serve you the waffle for $15. There aren't eggs and hash browns attached to it, which is deeply perplexing. Because what kind of fucking sociopath just wants a waffle? If I go to a breakfast place, I would like the entire breakfast. And I'd like it not all to be a la carte. you got to buy five or ten separate little things, like a separate little cup of eggs and a separate little thing of hash browns. That's segregation, and it's sick. Sick. And furthermore... (laughs) Furthermore, I think American diner culture is the only bastion of American cuisine, and it is the only linchpin of true American culture. And the fact that it's being wiped out for ridiculous little brunch places with matcha waffles is obscene. And that's my rant, then. Have you been to Norm's yet? Yes. Good. Let's spin it again. You need to eat at more black places. We serve sides with the motherfucking waffles. (laughs) It has landed on uh, Nichelle Nichols dying. Yeah, this isn't really a rant. This is just a reminder. Like, Nichelle Nichols was amazing. and yes, she, she was. Yeah, she was amazing. She, um, she Actually, NASA recruited her to actually help recruit um, astronauts and probably other people who work for NASA because it's not just all astronauts. Not all astronauts. It's not all astronauts. <laughs> um, she was awesome. She was, like, the first black woman that I can recall who had, like, a position of authority on TV. And she was an interpreter, right? She was an interpreter on Star Trek. Yeah, don't get all fucking quiet now, white folks. You know what it is. (laughs) Okay. Now, random, because I love random information. Do you guys remember um, that cult? um, Those uh, like hell bop people with the twin beds. Yes, her brother was one of them. Oh. Yeah, her brother was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, random, random fact. But in any case, Nichelle Nichols is awesome. I have her Barbie at home. Oh. Like she's, yeah, like she's. Like most of you. Yes. And that, that's, my, that's my rant. My deeply held personal belief is that uh, Star Trek, the undiscovered country, is the best Star Trek film ever made. Uh, <laughs> I believe that. And what is great about that film is it's kind of like a swan song for them as like the original cast. And there's this great scene. It's one of the funniest scenes ever in Star Trek. To you. What a, what a, you don't even, I'm just. A, that wasn't even controversial. Wasn't, I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't do anything. He said, this is my opinion. And you said, is it? <laughs> just absolutely withering. I thought we had built a rapport earlier. I felt a connection. That might have been wrong. <laughs> 
But there's this incredibly funny scene where um, they're trying to kind of create a diversion. And so they're trying to uh, talk to the Klingons. And there's this great scene where they have to pretend there are Klingon ships. Anyone know the scene that I'm talking about? And there's this great moment where Uhura pretends to laugh like a Klingon. And it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in like the history of television. And she goes, oh, ha, 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 ha. and then she presses and ends the call and she gives everybody a big, big eye roll and it fucking rules. <laughs> and she's awesome in that movie. She goes, she goes, she goes, she goes like this. Cause she's the only one that understands what's happening. And she's signaling to like, I, I think it's like Scotty. Okay, and, okay, uh, okay. and, and she goes like, come on, we're laughing. Don't you understand? They're trying to say they made a joke about us. They made a joke. You fucking laugh. And she goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. she ends the call and she fucking hates the guys around her rules. <laughs> love that movie. I love that movie. Horror rules. Let's spin it again. Star Trek The Undiscovered Country is the best fucking Star Trek movie, and I don't care anybody tells me wrong, it is the best. <laughs> Unpacking in hotels. This one's for me. It's part of a series of rants I'm doing on hotels. Uh, I used to uh, just, you know, I'd bring my suitcase into the hotel, and then I'd live out of the suitcase. Something's changed within me. Something is not the same. <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing the song. <laughs> I now unpack, if I'm staying anywhere Mm -hmm. for more than three nights, Mm -hmm. I open my suitcase Mm -hmm. and I take out every... I'm home. home. I take out every item. I take out every item. I I unpack and then I put my suitcase away, far away. (laughs) And I don't have it anymore while I'm at this hotel. And I'm using drawers and I live there. And when I tell you, I, for years, was like, who's using these drawers? I'm using these drawers. Who's using these cabinets? I'm using these cabinets. It's life-changing. Can I chime in on that? Please do. Because I pack weekly. It's the bane of my existence. But I don't put my suitcase away. I do take out everything. Everything. Because, you know, like, I just happened to be at the Ontario Improv this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Shameless plug. Friday is open. Sunday's open. Saturday, both shows are sold out. But um, I repack as I wear it. And I put it back in. So on the last night, I don't have that much to pack. But I'm still living under the hope that one day I'll open a fucking dresser drawer and a million dollars will be in that motherfucker. (laughs) I still do that. That's interesting. Nobody leaves shit. I keep looking. Nobody leaves shit. Don't you look in the drawers to see? Even the drawers you don't use? I check them all. You got to check them all. You got to check all those drawers. Because I left $2,000 in the drawer one time, but my security found it before I got out the door. That's what I pay that motherfucker for. What a life. What a life you're meeting out there. What a window into an existence. You know when you're drunk and you hide your money from yourself? No, No. I don't know what it's like. You got it. What are you talking about? When I'm drunk and hiding $2,000 in a hotel? That doesn't happen in my life. Oh. That's cool. I think it's cool. Are you in Vegas? Where are you? What are you doing with all this cash? Actually, I am in Vegas at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. (laughs) (laughs) Let's spin it one more time. Sunday nights at 10 (laughs) o'clock. It has landed on HBO Max's Meltdown. That can't be my question. Let's spin it again. <laughs> I'll do one thing on HBO Max's Meltdown, which is this. I paid for a year in advance like two weeks ago. Did I fuck up? <laughs> yes. 
It has landed on Carolyn Bryant Dunham. That's mine. Do you guys know who Carolyn Bryant Dunham is? I feel like I should. A wealthy British aristocrat? Um, She wishes. Carolyn Bryant Dunham <laughs> is the old white woman who lied oh, yes. on Emmett Till. Oh, yes. She is. Oh, yes. She's responsible for Emmett Till. She is 88. Bitch. Okay. She is, listen, she's 88, she's blind, and she has cancer, and I don't give a fuck. That bitch needs to be arrested. Lock that bitch up until she motherfucking dies. Right. Lying ass bitch. And they found her ass, They found her ass. They rolled up on her In the words of the great Tupac Shakur, a lot of real G's doing time because a groupie bent the truth or told a lie. That bitch lied. That bitch lied. So look, there lied. was a Holocaust. Like there was a, a there's a guy in Germany who was a Nazi general, 101. His ass got five years in That's prison. That's right. So and that other gangster, that old smoky sleepy, whatever the fuck his name was, a gangster guy that they picked up. He was like seventy something. Lock, lock that old ass yeah, bitch lock, up. Yeah, lock her ass up. Keep in mind, her family. She dies. Her family's been hiding her too. Oh yeah. And like they just, she just peeked her head out of the ground like a fucking meerkat. <laughs> after this whole time, I will say she looked like the crib keeper, but I don't really care. Like arrest that bitch. And that's not a joke. That's just a fact. I'm just right. saying. Okay, yeah. she peeked her head out. The bitch has been living for 70 years in life. 67 In life. Years. So she ain't peeked her head out. She been out. Right. But her people have been hiding. They have been hiding her. They've been yes. hiding her. Yes. So, yes, arrest that bitch. That's my rant. And I should have known her name, but I just found it out yesterday. Spin the motherfucking wheel. My questions ain't come up yet. <laughs> I want to rant. Let's spin it one more time. Lanelle's going to rant. Lanelle's going to take us home. Wherever this lands, you rant. Whatever you want about. You're in charge. It has landed on Paul Mooney. Ah. <laughs> Today is the great Paul Mooney's birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul Mooney came from Oakland, California, as well as me. I've known Paul Mooney for probably 20 years, um, maybe 22 years. He was one of the biggest influences in my comedic career because... He showed me that not giving a fuck is okay. Like, just don't give a fuck and say what the fuck you mean. Mean what you say. Speak the truth and make it funny. And if everybody don't laugh, that's okay, too. You know, I've seen him record albums. (laughs) White people got all upset, twisted, and walked out. He didn't give a fuck. He still made the album. Black people was falling out in the aisle. But the white people got very nervous. But, it's you know, it's it's weird like that. The white people would be the ones to buy the tickets to come to see the black people talk the worst about them. Richard Pryor, Paul Mooney. Black people couldn't get a ticket because the white people bought all the tickets. And he's steady in there talking about y'all. <laughs> but he was a great, he was a legend to me. He, um, you know, wrote a lot of things. He, and, and, of course, the homie the clown on In Living Color was one of his greatest things. And then he did... Um, was it bamboozled? Bamboozled, which everybody needs to see because it's prevalent and happening right now. And a lot of the things that Richard Pryor said came from the pen of Mr. Paul Mooney. He was around when, when roasts, when the roasts were not just tearing you down and insulting you, but they were really funny and really witty. And I look up to him, and today's his birthday, and I salute Paul Mooney. I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you so much to Vinnie Thomas, Dr. Amani, and Lunell. When we come back, we'll end on a high note. 
And we're back. Because we all need it, here it is, the high note. Hey, love it. Longtime listener, first time caller, and I need to leave this high note. I just attended your live show in St. Paul. I've never been as proud to be a Minnesotan as I am when I hear Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan be such a badass. I could listen to her talk about the disparity in gender expectations in clothing all day long, but really, my highest note was last week's show when your producers first unveiled the scream wheel and you so obviously hated it and they loved it and I loved it. I could not stop laughing and I thought I was going to die. And then Vanessa Bayer told me about the Colonel Sanders on General Hospital and my mind exploded. I watched the YouTube video. I re-listened to the rant and my life is changed forever. Thank you so much. Hey, love it. This is Liz calling from a little town in the Sierra foothills in Northern California and my high note this week is related to my lowest ever low note. We lost our home and everything in it last August uh, in a wildfire. And we just broke ground last week, 11 months and three days after the fire. We're hoping to be home by March. I can't wait. Thank you so much for everything you do. Keep up the good work. Hi, love it. This is Laura from Texas. And my high note is that the brand new organization that I volunteer with, Elevated Access, which is dedicated to connecting people who need abortion or gender-affirming care with private pilots that meet them at small regional airports near their home and then fly them to their appointments in another state, recently completed our first flight. And as of yesterday, we've received applications from over 700 pilots across the country who want to give people access to healthcare. We still need a lot more pilots to sign up, but it's been really encouraging to see the turnout so far. Thanks. Hey, love it. I'm calling back to give some positive update. I called a while back and was having a hard time. I'm trying to get into the healthcare system to get some help. It was overloaded like crazy, still is, but finally got in, and I'm doing so much better. So wanted to say to all the people struggling out there, just keep trying to get help. It's hard to get in. Everybody needs help right now. There's no shame in needing help at all. Just keep trying. Don't give up. Help is out there. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everybody, who sent in high notes tonight. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, call us at 213-262-4427. And that's our show. Thank you so much to Vinny Thomas, Lunell, Dr. Armani, and everybody who sent in a high note. There are 101 days until the midterm elections. Have a great weekend. Lover Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our senior producer, and Brian Semmel is our producer. Hallie Kiefer is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Kaufman, Pulavi Gunalan, and Peter Miller are the writers. Bill Lance is our editor, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Claire Fogarty is our production intern working on the show for the summer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Caroline Haywood, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Narm Alconian, Zuri Irvin, and Milo Kim. Mia Kelman and Matt DeGroote for filming and editing video each week so you can. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. 
Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.